Well, it all comes down to this one last weekend of racing to determine who will be the champion for each series. And we're going to break down each race, all the action, and who lifted the trophy at the end. So y'all sit back and enjoy as we get ready to wrap up this first season of Three Wilds. Before we go on to the next topic, let me tell you about my sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. Now, Hunt to Harvest is a family-owned company that was founded by a veteran and a member of law enforcement and was birthed out of a desire to protect the hunt, to support the harvest of the animal instead of just the trophy, whether it be deer, turkey, or pheasant. And to those that hunt to harvest, hunting is about spending time with your loved ones, providing for your family through the harvest, and giving thanks to the one who created all things big and small. And you too can support this great company by going to hunttoharvest.com. And that's H-U-N-T-T-O-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com where you can check their selection of short and long sleeve shirts that are true to fit after one wash and made out of 100% Peruvian cotton. And you can also go through their great selection of hats in the Richardson 112 style, which I believe is the best hat on the market today. Just be sure when you go to checkout to use the special discount code RADNEY18923. That's R-A-D-N-E-Y 18923 for a special discount at checkout. And also for any orders over $40, you get free shipping. So head on over to HuntToHarvest.com today to get all your special hunter apparel needs. Now on Friday night, we had the truck series taped to the track and kick off our championship weekend at Phoenix. You had Zane Smith versus Chandler Smith versus Ty Majeski versus Ben Rhodes. And this race really set the bar for the rest of the weekend as far as the Xfinity and Cup Series goes. And Zane Smith would get the win and championship. And they had a tight battle there at the end where all four drivers were involved in, with a good shot at getting the, the championship and the race win. But with Zane getting the race win, the top 10 behind him, you had Ben Rhodes in second, Chandler Smith in third, followed by John Hunter Nemechek in fourth. Stuart Friesen in fifth, Grant Enfinger sixth, Corey Himes seventh, Tanner Gray eighth. Then you had Caden Honeycutt ninth, and Carson Hosevar rounded out the top ten. And this was a great championship race from top to bottom. You had there towards the end some pit strategy coming to play with Ben Rhodes, who really didn't have the pace of the other drivers, Ty Majeski or Zane or Chandler there. And so his pit crew, his crew chief, they make the decision to go with a two-tire pit stop to put themselves ahead of everyone else. He was able to get the lead on that restart and looked to be in a pretty good spot to, to repeat as a champion because you had Zane Smith, who had been the strongest of the playoff drivers all night, you know, have a slow pit stop and have to make his way through the field there with very little time left. And with that, he was able to make up the ground, get up to about second place, battling, uh, ben Rhodes for the lead, but it just didn't seem like he had enough where he could get by him. And the laps they were taken down, there was only a few laps left. But you had a caution come out from uh, the other playoff driver, Ty Majeski. Now, Ty was making a move on the inside of Zane, trying to get second place from him. Uh, Chandler Smith was right there with him as well. And it's almost like Ty just drove it a little too hard, put it too far over the edge, spun out, coming out of the corner, wrecked on the back straightaway. And that ended his chances at a championship. And I instantly thought of when the race restarted after Ben Rose took two tires, you had Majeski, I believe was the first truck with four tires and was battling with Ben Rhodes, had an opportunity to 
not wreck them, but maybe nudge Ben Rhodes up out of the track or get him loose coming off the corner. Ty seemed to kind of let off the gas or, or kind of take away the pressure from Rhodes. I'm sure, you know, him being a teammate, he doesn't want to wreck them. That's not the way you want to win a championship. But that, that I think, was a huge missed opportunity for Ty because I think if he was able to get in front of Ben Rhodes, the race stays green. I don't think there was enough time for Zane or Chandler to make a run at him, and Ben, I don't think, would have been competitive against Ty, just the difference between two tires and four. And with, with Ty, he, he was on such a tear, especially over these last few races, winning two of the last three before Phoenix. It, with him getting the wins that he had here at the end of the season, the momentum he's had, and he had a solid year, you know, overall from start to finish, but especially here at the end, I think he is going to be a guy to really watch going into next season. I think he takes this momentum and carries it over into 2023 and becomes a true contender week in and week out and threat for the championship. Uh, and like I said, I think if it did, did stay green, you know, at this point, you had Zane Smith in second, but he was trying to hold off Chandler and Ty. If it had stayed green, Ben Rhodes, I think, would be your repeat champion. Those two tires really was a great call by his team, and it seemed like it was going to be a championship-winning move, which would have been awesome. And on the other side, we've mentioned all the other playoff drivers, championship drivers for the truck series, but we didn't mention Chandler. Chandler had a very strong truck, especially on the short runs, on the restarts. He could really keep up with Zane and make moves trying to pass him for the lead. But on that last restart, overtime finish, you had Zane Smith get the lead with Chandler Smith in second. He's running right there with him. Chandler just gets a little loose coming to the white flag, and Ben Rhodes was right behind him. He just got a little bit out of shape, and that took away to me all his momentum. If he had been able to keep it straight, it would have been an exciting race between those three guys coming to the checkered flag, but it was good, hard racing. You did have Ben Rhodes try to move Zane out of the way, kind of like Hendrick did last year with Cindric in the Xfinity championship race, nothing dirty, but just hard racing to the line, trying to win it all. But Ben was unable to do so. Zane Smith gets his first championship and his third try. And in his three attempts in the championship round at Phoenix, He's got a second-place points finish, another second-place points finish, and now a championship to go with it. And he's going to be the championship favorite, I feel like, next year. He, he is a great driver. Front Row Motorsports right now has an excellent truck program. Their Cup Series program is getting better. This is a team on the rise, and it's going to be interesting to see where Zane's career goes from here because the future's bright for him. He can drive good. He's not a, a over-aggressive driver by any means, so... It's, it's going to be interesting to see if Zane Smith can repeat as a champion or, like I said earlier, does Ty Majeski keep this momentum rolling and, and, you know, do we have another new champion next season? And moving on to Saturday, which was probably the most anticipated championship race of the weekend, just simply because of what happened last weekend at Martinsville between Brandon Jones and Ty Gibbs. And after all the controversy and drama from that and the talk this past week at all the media days, Ty Gibbs still goes out, dominates this race to score his seventh win on the season, his first career championship in all of NASCAR, and at only 19 years old. And behind him in the top 10, and second was fellow playoff championship driver Noah Gregson with Justin Allgaier in third. 
Landon Castle finished in fourth, followed by A.J. Allmendinger in fifth. You had Sheldon Creed finish sixth, followed by Riley Hurst in seventh. Daniel Hemrick finished eighth. Austin Hill in ninth. And Sammy Smith rounded out the top ten. And really in this race, like I said, you had Ty Gibbs dominate. And the restarts at the end are really what made this race interesting between all the pit stops that you you would have the running order there at the front shuffle around. Other than that, it was a Ty Gibbs day. He led all of stage one. He won stage two. And the big thing with how Noah Gregson and Algar and even Josh Berry raced against Ty, it, it comes from their car owners, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s comments to them earlier this week, which was basically, don't go out there and wreck this guy. Don't overshadow a championship win. We want to be able to win the championship with our heads held high. And they followed what was said. They raced him hard and even had opportunities to probably knock Gibbs out of the way, put him in the wall or or make some controversy out of it. But they didn't, especially Noah Gregson had plenty of sh- chances to do that. And a lot of pe- people wanted Ty Gibbs taken out of this race, you could see on social media. But what what would that accomplish if they if Noah Gregson was to dump Ty Gibbs in, in one of the corners or on the straightaway and take him out of a championship race? Then you're just proving you're doing a move that was no better than what Ty Gibbs did at Martinsville. You're no better than, than his decisions. And like I said, to me, that would make you a tainted champion, a tainted championship season. Because Ty Gibbs, he's been – like him or not, the top guy in the Xfinity Series this season. And Noah Gregson's been right there with him. So at the end of the day, you have the two best drivers, Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs, go head-to-head, and Ty came out on top. Your feelings for Ty aside, this was a good championship race just because it was a head-to-head matchup. There was no, well, if Ty hadn't gotten taken out, he would have been the champion or anything like that. You you kept it clean. You kept your head held high just like junior asked them to do and told them to do so there to me there's no problem with how this race was won by ty gibbs or how the junior motorsports drivers race ty gibbs it all went how it should have and how they you know should do week in and week out now during the race week they, they had all these you know media events you had Ty Gibbs, of course, he was the guy everyone was around. All the cameras were on at this media day. And he seemed very scripted with his responses, with his apologies and, and talking about, you know, c- pretty much cutting the team off at the knees with knocking Brandon Jones out of the playoffs. It was a selfish move, you know, so on and so forth. And I would love to hear Ty, just because it seems so robotic the way he said it. And I know he was probably giving talk, talking points on what to say how to say it, hopefully as he matures more and gets older into this sport, you see a lot more of these comments come from the heart or at least seem that way. Now, you, on the other hand, you had Noah Gregson letting his true feelings be known about Ty. You know, Noah straight up said, I do not like Ty. And he said he's the he's isn't afraid to say so out of everyone in that garage. So it looked like this was, you know, setting up for a big moment in this race, but it never happened. You know, luckily, and luckily, no, I don't think Noah would have wanted to win it that way. If he had gotten close enough on that last lap and been able to lean on Ty more, I think he would have done it, but I don't think he would have just straight up wrecked him. You did have a moment where 
coming to the white flag, I believe it was, Sam Mayer was getting lapped by Ty, and Sam tried to hold Ty up. Nothing blatant, nothing right there on the, you know, crossing the line, but just enough to slow him down to give Noah one last shot at him. And like I said, if they were coming to the final corner and Noah was able to dive it in there and knock him out of the way, probably would have roughed him up, but I, I don't I don't think that line would have been crossed. But these two drivers are going to be the ones to keep your eye on for the foreseeable future with Noah Gregson moving to Cup next year and all the rumors going around, there's nothing solid said yet, but it looks like with Ty Gibbs going to Cup next year as well, this could be the next – cup rivalry to watch i mean these are two young guys hungry guys that are wanting to show that they belong in the top series of the sport and i think this this will be a rivalry to keep an eye on these these two guys are going to be around each other for a long time hopefully in their careers but now swapping over looking at some of the other playoff drivers justin allgaier again he fails to get the championship and, and at one of his better tracks phoenix the and the question is will he be able to get that monkey off his back and get that championship win? he's only 36 he still has plenty of time i think to go out and get that championship in the xfinity series he was within 20 laps of getting it done today so justin he's had a very long career solid career in the xfinity series i don't think he ever got a true shot in the cup series i would have i would like to see him one day possibly in the in the near future get Get a shot with at least a mid-pack team or better. I feel like when he went up there with Harry Scott a few years ago, it it wasn't a, a true cup ride. They weren't going out there trying to get the best results that they could. Justin's a really, to me, an underrated driver. And next year really could be his best shot. And you have A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, and, like I said, possibly Ty Gibbs no longer going to be in the Xfinity Series next season. Allgaier is going to be the main guy to watch in that championship run next season. And who will step up and compete with him, you know, against that championship? He's got a good, solid teammates, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer. There's no reason to think that they won't be in the mix. But I think Allgaier is going to be the guy to watch next season. And it's not a knock on him to say because these three drivers are gone now, this gives him his best shot. Justin's very talented. He could get it done, I, you know, think even with those guys on the track but with them gone i think this gives him his best shot and in a while in the xfinity series to lock up a championship so I, you know for all the controversy all the drama we've had all season with with ty gibbs and even noah gregson for it to come down between those two and us have the clean finish we did i felt like feel like was a positive way to end this xfinity series season Now, before we get into all the action from the Sunday Cup Championship race at Phoenix, uh, there was some tragic news that was shared Sunday morning. Uh, early on, there was a lot of people around Ty Gibbs' car. All that had been said was Ty Gibbs was not going to be at the race due to a family emergency. Didn't see a whole lot of as far as NASCAR media members spreading rumors or what they believed or what they had heard had happened. Everyone was just kind of waiting for Joe Gibbs or the family to make a statement themselves as, to far, as far as what was going on. And it was announced that tragically, Coy Gibbs, the son of Joe Gibbs, the father of Ty Gibbs, passed away late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, uh, after celebrating Ty winning the Xfinity Series Championship on Saturday. 
and thoughts and prayers are definitely out for the Gibbs family, especially remember Ty in this situation. Ty is a young young man who just experienced a huge loss. He, he lost a father, and I couldn't imagine what he's going through. I mean, he just went from the highest of highs, celebrating an Xfinity Series championship, to now losing losing his father in a matter of hours, just going from one extreme emotion to another. And I saw shared on social media was a picture of Coy, Ty, and Ty's mom, Coy's wife, Heather, with the trophy on the front straightaway. And I'm sure that will be a, a cherished picture for Ty and the family uh, as they, they move forward. Uh, but yeah, just please remember the Gibbs family because this is a huge loss for, for them. And obviously any future announcements for racing wise, as far as driver announcements, that will be put on the back burner. Rightfully it should as they mourn this huge loss in that family. But now moving forward, going into the race, you had Joey Logano dominate this race, getting his second career cup championship. And the top 10 behind him was Ryan Blaney in second with Ross Chastain in third. Chase Briscoe finished in fourth and Kevin Harvick in fifth. William Byron finished sixth, followed by Kyle Busch in seventh. Denny Hamlin finished in eighth. Kyle Larson ninth. And Christopher Bell rounded out the top ten. Now, I missed this race due to we had pre-existing vacation plans, so I was on the road traveling. But I did catch some of the highlights on social media, a lot of the reaction to the race. So from what I've been able to piece together, it, it was pretty much all Joey Logano. It was tough to beat him. But you did have a little bit of controversy happen between Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott on a restart. Ross was restarting behind Chase. And you know Phoenix, whenever they take the green flag, all the drivers move into the dog leg to try and gain whatever time and positions they can. And as they took the green, Ross went to make a move inside. Chase, I don't know if he was trying to block it or make a run on the dog leg himself. But either way, Ross had a nose in there, and Chase kept coming down, and that ended up with Chase getting spun out and making contact with the inside wall. And, you know, I was expecting a little bit more comments from Chase on it, but after the race, Chase really didn't seem to want to talk about it. He was obviously very disappointed with how the race turned out. But in this situation, this was these were two drivers that weren't going to lift or give anything. This is a championship race, what they had been working all year for so i really can't chalk this up to blame on either one of them it's a racing incident they were they were going to go for it no matter what especially ross we know how ross is going to race hard no matter what lap it is and when it's this race for for the championship you have to leave it all out there and both these guys did just unfortunately it ended up with chase elliott going into the wall and no matter i mean ross might have had a shot at joey especially if there was a late restart but from what I could see, Logano was the guy to beat. Maybe Ryan Blaney was the next best car, but Ryan not being in the playoffs wouldn't have factored into Joey getting the championship or not if he had been able to get the lead. So Joey went out, ran the race he needed to, dominated, and earned the championship. So he is now a multi-time NASCAR champion, and now we get ready to roll on to 2023. But before we go away from this race there were some news and notes of some other action on the track i wanted to discuss that was alex bowman he was making his first race back since getting a concussion and i questioned it last week whether this was the right move or not to to come into the last race of the season and risk getting hurt again 
and possibly put your 2023 season in jeopardy already before it even starts. And Alex got wrecked by Michael McDowell as they're coming out of turn two. McDowell came up the track and said he didn't see him, and it sent Bowman head on into the wall. Fortunately, from what I've seen, Bowman's okay. No, you know, nothing pops up with his head injury again. So hopefully he stays healthy and, and continues to recover, get ready for next season. And also you had two drivers in their time with some prestigious teams. You had Kyle Busch, you know, finished his last race with Joe Gibbs Racing, a solid seventh place finish. So that chapter in his career is over. And so is Eminem's chapter in, in the sport. And it's going to be weird not seeing the Eminem's car or a Snickers car or anything like that on the track because they have been in the sport for so long. So that's going to be a huge void as far as sponsorship in the in the sport. And Kyle, what was already an emotional day, he was, he was even more emotional post-race, obviously with the loss of Coy and then this being his last race with JGR. I'm sure wasn't the ending he was wanting or expecting, but as far as his on-track performance, he comes away with the ends it with a solid top 10. And then you had Tyler Reddick, his tenure with Richard Childress Racing. It ends kind of on a whimper compared to Kyle Busch as he finishes in 23rd. But from here forward, I expect big things of Tyler going to 2311 Racing. That is a team with speed that he has not had yet in the Cup Series. And it's going to be interesting to see, does he come out like Kyle Larson and just start winning races right away? Does it take him some time to get acclimated to the speed, to the car, and maybe, you know, take him five, six, seven races to get that, you know, get that feel for it. But I expect big things either way. I think this is a, a team where he can really, you know, go from borderline playoff contender to, to start moving his way through rounds and become eventually a championship contender. And there are still plenty of rides that have not been announced for both, for all three series, the Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks. On the Cup side, you have the 18 car that haven't made an official announcement yet, and I'm sure with all that went on yesterday, that will be placed you know, on the back burner. They will announce that when they are ready to. Most likely, Ty Gibbs going to Cup Series. And also the 41 car for Stuart Haas Racing. That is a car that has come into question over the past couple of weeks with comments by Gene Haas that Cole Custer's ride is not a lock, that Tony Stewart wants Ryan Priest in that car. Gene Haas said him personally he would love to keep Cole in the car. And you have seen that with Cole's drive the past few weeks. He has really stepped up his game. And I think if Cole is the driver in 2023 for this 41 car, he cannot take it lightly. He is going to have to go out there and perform like he has never before done in the Cup Series. So that'll be one big thing to keep an eye on. And there are still several Xfinity and Truck Series rides to be announced. Truck Series, for the most part, they'll probably be, you know, we'll be in January before we have a full picture of the Truck Series. But still a lot out there, still a lot of moves to be made. And uh, we'll we'll see how this shakes up and what it looks like when we get to the L.A. Coliseum for the Clash. And for the last time of this Cup Series season, let's go over our spotlight drivers from the three races over the weekend at Phoenix. On the Truck Series, my spotlight driver is Caden Honeycutt. 19 years old, he gets his first career top 10 driving for On Point Motorsports. And Caden is a guy with very limited experience in racing. Uh, outside of his time in the Truck Series, he's had a handful of starts this year. He does have two wins in the Cars Tour and the 
late model series uh, from in 2021. So good into the season for him and his part-time starts. Uh, where he goes from here, I'm not sure. I don't know a whole lot on his future, but he did get a, a solid top 10 to round out his truck series season. On the Xfinity Series side, my spotlight driver is Landon Castle. He finishes this season off with a solid top five. He will be back next season with Colleague and still looking for that first career win. So he's taking, you know, the right step. Hopefully he can continue this momentum from the end of this season and carry it on next year. So that will be interesting to watch in the Xfinity Series side. On the cup, on the cup side, my spotlight driver is Chase Briscoe. I would have gone with Ryan Blaney, who finished in second, but he was just a little too negative, a little too salty about that second-place finish for me to pick him. But I'm going to go with Briscoe, and this was a great season for him. He had a win, made it to the playoffs all the way to the round of eight, and he had a great start to the season and looked like a guy that could have won multiple races this season, but then he hit a big slump for quite a while, really, until the playoffs started. Uh, but he ends the final 10 races in the playoffs with six, six top 10s and three top fives. So he proved he belonged in the Cup Series, and now he's just got to go out there and show that he can be a consistent threat for wins and continue to be a guy to move forward in the playoffs and, and make the most of those positions so he can hopefully one day pursue a championship in this series. And with that, I mean... Uh, as far as this show goes, this will wrap up season one. Well, we got, I'm going to do one more episode before the new year. Uh, hopefully to do an episode here in the next few weeks that are reviewing the 2022 season and keep an eye out on my YouTube channel. I do have a couple more videos planned, another, you know, season review for 2022. And also don't forget, I will be at the snowball derby in Pensacola on December 4th. So I'll have plenty of footage from that to share with you on YouTube. So keep an eye on, on that. I want to thank everyone, as always, for listening throughout this season. It has truly been a great year. This podcast has opened so many doors for me, getting to go to Pensacola earlier this year, go to the SRX series, getting to see this, you know, a different side of the sport than I'm accustomed to. And I'm excited to see what happens next year. You know, I'm going to put my name out there, try to hopefully get into some NASCAR races, but we'll wait and see. There's no telling what next year will bring. Just continue. I ask for you, you know, continue to support this show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you know when my new episodes will come out for 2023 and also my YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe there as we will have exciting content here coming at you before season's end. And that wraps up our coverage of the 2022 NASCAR season. I want to thank everyone for following along throughout this year. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast from. Also on my YouTube channel, as we still have a couple more videos and episodes to come out before the season's end. But I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday. And we're going to gear up and get ready for season two of Free Wives starting in 2023.